Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, One Living Tree at a Time. I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 71, which starts with Mary saying to Pippin, you did something, in a very accusatory tone. Yes. It's the only way to say the phrase, you did something. (laughs) And ends with Treebeard walking into frame and saying, away with you, you should not be waking, talking to a tree. I don't know where he expects the tree to go. Right away with you. It's it's not moving, Treebeard. I hate to break it to it you, buddy. It was moving earlier. Yeah, but it's not walking away right now. It Although, it could. Spoilers. Spoiler alert. We don't know that yet, though. So where does he expect the tree to go? I don't know. Home to its mama. I guess. I don't know. I don't know where he expects the tree to go, but he obviously expects it to go somewhere. So, um, let's back up. That was my really bad rewind noise. (laughs) Happy Monday. Um, (laughs) It was like a cat got stuck in the tape deck. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) So, uh, you did something. You did something. And then there's a magic refilling bowl. Yes. The, at the very beginning of this minute, when Pippin is, like, moving the bowl away from Mary, it looks like it magically refills with water. And I think a lot of that is just, like, the, the angle the camera's looking at it and the shape of the bowl. You just can't see the water that's in it, and it shifts. It shifts, yeah. But it looks like it just fills up magically. <laughs> and now that I've noticed it, I can't unsee it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, there's just a magically refilling bowl at the beginning of this minute. It's, like, right at the beginning, too, right? Yeah, it's it's right after Pippin like gives him that smug shrug. <laughs> smug and shrug. Yeah, like four seconds in when he puts the bowl to the side. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this ant wash, the the ant draft, just magically refills. Ant wash. Ant wash is the name of the brook that goes through Fangorn, I think. It's and, not soap. Nope. Or like mouthwash, ant wash. <laughs> right, that's a missed marketing opportunity. <laughs> Some hand soap. It's ant wash, all natural, one hundred percent organic soap. That's that's messed up. What would it do though? Would it make your hands grow bigger? Yeah, and like leaves and rooty. Okay, I don't remember if we were talking about this on mic or off mic, but to me, because they're drinking the magical ant water, because that's what this is. That's how Pippin is growing. Right. Uh, they should be sprouting like little twigs. Or something. Right? Or like growing their own little tree beards. Oh my god. <laughs> that was such a dumb joke. You're welcome. Can hobbits grow facial hair? They must. Do we see a beardy hobbit? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we do. It detracts from their youthful appearance. Like, I don't. I don't think that hobbits can grow facial hair in this movie Hmm. perhaps not because we don't see any right it's been a while since we were in hobbiton but not that i can think of like 
the guy digging into his ear and like the guy that's grumpy and then he laughs when the kids are playing and all the guests at Bilbo's party. I feel like there's a guy with mutton chops, but I could be wrong. Yeah, but that's different. It's a little different. That's true. That's just like crazy sideburns. They do have pretty crazy hair. Yeah, that's true. So this minute is our reference to Tom Bombadil. Or the beginning of it. Yes. <laughs> old Man Willow. I don't think that's a willow tree. No. He doesn't say Old Man Willow until the next minute. Because hmm. he says, you should not be waking. Yeah. But this is this is the beginning of Tom Bombadil in spirit making his way back into this movie. Yes. I, I think it's funny that... Because you were, you were watching the cast commentary, taking notes, and uh, Billy Boyd is, like, trying to make this um, philosophical point about how it's important that characters like Tom Bombadil and Treebeard exist to, like, build scope to the narrative. But I think it's funny that Tolkien uh, just put Tom Bombadil in as like a just joke, because like yeah. an inside joke with his kids yeah and it's become this like hotbed of um i don't know debate and conspiracy <laughs> like what is tom bombadil who is he like what and like what, everyone what are you everyone, uh, he's like, the he's the author's oc he's his stand-in <laughs> wear some better pants Tolkien. <laughs> Why would you pick those colors if they're going to be your OC? I don't know. Just because, no, there's a difference between an OC and a self-insert OC, okay? Okay, okay. Okay. So an OC just means an original character. All of these are his characters. (laughs) But a self-insert OC is like the author in the work. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah. You know what I meant. Yeah. Is that his, like... Bella from Twilight, just dumb Bombadil. Ebony Raveness, <laughs> whatever the hell. <laughs> oh man, you know what? I am not above a good self-insert OC, but wear some better pants, so, like for real. <laughs> right? What's with your like big yellow boots and like? Oh man, no, because it's just like a kid's doll, and he was just like, "Hey, my kids will love this." I'll put it in the story. But now it's just like this this crazy What does it mean? Yeah, this crazy It's like thing. Charlie Day and Yeah. <laughs> it's always sunny with the, the conspiracy wall. <laughs> oh man. Who is Tom Bombadil? That's so funny. Get some sleep. <laughs> eat a eat a healthy breakfast. Drink some tea. I don't know. And just forget about Tom. Yeah, but but you are the one that keeps bringing him up all the time. Because I love Tom Bombadil. <laughs> I don't need to know what he is. I just oh, I just love Tom Bombadil. But you were you were like so up in arms. Uh, to be fair, when I first saw these, I had just finished reading the book, so I was really up in arms about Tom Bombadil as well. But analyzing it minute by minute, I don't think I could take twenty minutes of Tom Bombadil. Just like hey ho, there we go. Like uh, no. Can we move on, please? Right, like, I don't even, in retrospect, it's, how do you even adapt that without eating up 40 minutes of your movie? I mean, I don't know. I, 
I I like that it it builds this this scope and they're able to bring it back with Treebeard, but it just seems weird. Like we were talking last week, I understand a hundred percent why this was cut. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't progress anything that's like important to a fast paced like theatrical narrative. Like I get it, you're trying to get the story moving and like get where you're going in this movie. So you kind of you cut the comedic stuff and you cut some of the stuff that doesn't develop your your main characters. At least it's like. It's more entertaining than Exposition Gandalf was. Mm. Like when we were watching the theatrical of this movie, I don't, I w- I didn't miss these scenes, but like when we were watching the theatrical of Fellowship, I missed a lot of those scenes. Mm. So I think. I mean, next. I think it's either next week or the week after. We are going to talk about a scene that when we watch a theatrical. You were just like, "How is this not here?" Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about a scene within a week or two that's like kind of incredible that they cut it, which is the the funeral scene mm. with Deidre. It's like it is mind boggling to me that they decided to cut that. Yeah, but now we're in Mary and Pippin land. But now we're in Mary and Pippin land, and this. The roots of this tree were puppeted low-tech style by a bunch of guys and sticks under the set. That's so cool. It looks This really is a rubber cool. tree. It looks super cool. This is just a flex- flexible rubber root system and buckets of real dead leaves that they're just dumping on them from out of frame. <laughs> That's funny. And Billy Boyd continues to make noises that I'm unsure if they're really coming from a human. I, I His scream is, is certainly iconic here. Um... It's so similar to the noise he makes when Treebeard wakes up. Yes. It's like, this is just what Billy Boyd sounds like. This and it's so. It's just so, scream. It's so unique. It doesn't. I don't know how to describe this. And I don't. I don't think I've ever heard anyone else make a noise quite the there's, same. There's a musical quality to the way that he. Um, the way he expresses terror. Yeah. That is. I, I like it because it feels very Hobbit like. Mary! You can't even do it. No, not even close. But I, do you know what I mean, though? Like, everything about them is so quaint and charming that even when he's screaming, it just sounds like... Like musical notes, like, like birds. Like... <laughs> Which, I don't know, I guess kind of diminishes their terror. But... It's supposed this to is be... the payoff for Mary's horrified look a few minutes ago. It's supposed to be funny. So. Yeah. And we talked last week about how there wasn't really, like, uh, Tasha brought up how there doesn't really feel like there's a payoff to Mary's terrified look into the woods. Yeah. But there is. It's right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not, I mean, he's so focused on Pippin now that when the tree eats them. And then they're both like, oh, what's happening? What is this? And just, ah! <laughs> Pippin scream. And Mary mostly, like, is just like, what's happening? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> How could this happen to me? And Pippin calls out for Mary. <laughs> Cousin, help me. Right? Mary, you're always there to help me. You're older than me. I'm sorry. So, them wrestling over the water. Like, Mary gets a good, like, a few gulps in, too. So that means he's going to grow... 
Yeah. As well. Pippin is ultimately taller in the book, right? I don't remember. By like an inch. I feel like he's a little taller. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I love Merry and Pippin, but I feel like this scene has already overstayed its welcome. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I've had like less and less patience for some of these extended scenes. As you do. I'm I'm I don't know. All the extended stuff just works for me more in well, not all of it. I mean like some of it is like the the funeral and um the Boromir flashback, of course. I can't wait to talk about that. Uh and all of like there's I like the the real elvish rope, like I like that. So just some of these in the middle here. It's a little sloggy. Yeah, some of the some of the middle ones feel a little padding. Like they're a little more like padding and not so important. Yeah. But this is just putting stuff back in that they filmed with Billy and Dom to right. just be like, you know, we filmed this stuff, we're gonna use it for the extended edition. I, I appreciate all the Marion Pippin content, but at the same time I wanna like get the ball going again. Mm. But they get eaten by the tree. And I don't know where he wants the tree to go. But he shouldn't be waking. Somewhere not here. Somewhere not here. Anywhere but here. So do you think that the tree wakes up because they splash the ant water on it? Or... Yeah, that's that's kind of how I read the moment. But then that that, that, um, doesn't give a payoff at all for Mary's weird look. Mm. Because if the trees are waking on their own, that's one thing. Like, they're making noise and being scary. But if it's them directly responsible for the tree waking up, Mm. that undercuts the weird moment of um, impending doom. Yeah. From last week, you know? Also, like, you know, what's weird about the end of this moment is it doesn't sound loud enough when Treebeard step, when, when Treebeard steps in the frame. Like his his footsteps don't really make much noise at all. It's still very quiet, and he just kind of appears, which is weird because the incongruous because the because the sound direction is so good in so many places in this that it just kind of stuck out to me that it's yeah, just yeah because when he's walking through the woods it's echoing yeah it doesn't feel like it has the same weight as when he's walking in the night scenes before this. Because I feel like we should be able to hear him approaching from off screen instead of like that from really a pretty, pretty far shot. distance. Yeah, yeah, that shot of the the clearing. I do like the juxtaposition of the shot of the clearing with and without the hobbits in it. Like, right, because we open on this clearing and we see the hobbits in it last week, and then this moment of the clearing and it's beautiful ends with nothing in the frame but the trees. Yeah, yeah. So I like that. And then Treebeard steps into frame, waving his arms. Yeah. Like a parent. Shoot, shoot. At a, or, or like an adult at like a group of birds in his lawn or something. He's just like, what are you, get away. I was what say is this? like a cat. But... Cats don't wave their arms. No, I mean like a human waving its arms away oh, at a like, cat. Shoo. Like a stray cat in their, on, in their yeah. yard. It's like, shoo, get out of here. Yeah. What are you doing? Though I would pet the cat. Hey, come here, little buddy. <laughs> I'd be waving my arms in the opposite direction. Like, yeah. come come here, I want to pet you. I think that about covers us for this minute. I think so. All right. So, thank you for joining us today, everybody. Uh, we are from the website DuelingGenre.com, and if you'd like to support us 
and other Dueling Genre productions, you can go to DuelingGenre.com slash support and support us on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get access to all kinds of extra DuelingGenre.com content. Yeah. As always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great Monday, and we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 72. Bye! Bye.